So Turok has this grumpy friend who looks like a cross between Gimli son of Gloin and Popeye the Sailor Man and whose voice indicates that he is A. incapable of human emotion and B. a recent victim of cranial drill intrusion. Out of curiosity I went on IMDB to learn what amateur dramatics wannabe voiced this gobshite and found it to be none other than Ron Fuckmothering Perlman, a Ron Perlman I can only assume who realised early on what kind of dross he was working with and vowed to bring that across in his performance and if Ron Perlman thought Turok was shit who are you to argue? Did you ever warm the frozen hearts of audiences worldwide in City of Lost Children? No? Well shut up then! Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And Parker, count your blessings. You don't know how lucky you are. The Boston Bruins lost today, so the bet goes on. It's, it stays on. I don't know when their next game is. They play at 7.30 or something, but as soon as either the Celtics or the Bruins win this series, I get to pick a movie for you, and as soon as they lose, you get to pick something for me, and I have to shave off this terrible playoff beard. Oh, the slow march towards Leprechaun in space continues. Uh, exactly. I have all these movies picked out for you. I'm just, you know what I did this morning after I woke up after like three hours of sleep? I uh, I listened to the soundtrack from Brave Little Toaster. I was like, you know what? I wonder how long it's been since he's seen this movie. Oh, that's okay. I remember like it was yesterday. There's no need to trudge that movie up. Oh, I love that movie. The original one, not the one where they go to Mars or go to Disney World or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure you would make me watch that. I'm f- As my friend, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> that that movie's practically a horror. There's some you know, you know scary. Anyway, uh, we watched Hellboy and Hellboy Two on his Golden Secret Service or whatever. Uh, so th- those are both uh, comic book movies. So we'll be seeing those are comic book movies. Yeah, we'll be seeing him in the Avengers along with Howard the Duck and Tank Girl and okay. Steel and. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's fine. You know, I I remember I I used to watch Hellboy a lot on TV growing up. It was just like kind of on all the time, but I always walked in in the middle of the movie, so I had no idea what was going on. So it's nice to finally have an idea of what this movie's about. Turns out it's about some big red guy. Turns out this Guillermo del Toro guy, pretty into monsters. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good at that. You know, he's got a little bit of a niche with uh mo- with uh, monsters. You know, who could have foreseen? The giant fish man having a romantic subplot, which is nice, you know. Give the give the little fish man something. Anyway, before we get to that, Barker, do you have any news? This wow. is big fucking news. Do you want the good news first or the bad news first? Uh, whichever is funnier. <laughs> oh, buddy, there's this is no laughing matter. Oh no, this is deadly serious. Infinity War's on the horizon. Oh. DC can't get their shit together. Jurassic World looks like balls. What franchise can we turn to? I I don't know. I have the answer for you. It's three letters and one number. Triple X4. X, X, X4, baby. (laughs) 
It's coming. We did it. Man. People still watch this stuff. Buddy, you'll be watching it as soon as the Bruins choke this away. Oh, no. My close friend. <laughs> Triple X3 is just waiting there for you to absorb it. I legit have no idea what happened in Triple X2. <laughs> I can't remember oh, good that part. news. As soon as the Celtics lose, you can tell oh, me. Oh, man. Uh, this is rough. This is really rough stuff. The Vin Diesel cinematic universe grows stronger every day. Why couldn't I have been a Milwaukee fan? Oh, dear friend. Today, we're all bucks. Alright, so the good news, I guess. No, my friend, that was the what? good news. Oh, man. <laughs> now to bring it down a level. Now that Ash vs. Evil, that has been cancelled. Hmm. Bruce Campbell is officially retiring his Ash. I saw that today on Facebook. Come here, buddy. That's, that's rough. Let's bring it in. I'm just saying that that portrayal really affected who I am. I love you. I mean, he did those two great movies and then that really bad one, but then this TV show came out. That's okay, too, that you say stuff like that. No, I mean, I mean that's, everyone's in thought of their own yeah, opinion. It's, Every, yeah, it's okay to I don't like know that. why you're mentioning Spider-Man along with this, uh... <laughs> okay. You know what? We'll talk about Spider-Man. Oh, good. You're going to talk about more Spider-Man than you've ever wanted to in your garbage life. Well, already way ahead of you. <laughs> Chris, my dear friend, tell me what silent movie garbage you watched this week. Okay, so... The <laughs> Actually, none of these are silent. I uh, wish they were. Um, first one I watch is 1942 Black and White, Alfred Hitchcock, Saboteur. Jeez, fucking oh, you tricked me. It's not. That's a real movie. Yeah, it's a it's a real movie. It's uh it's real good. In fact, I have to admit, I think I told you recently. I watched uh the, that Sergei Eisenstein, all those uh, socialist propaganda movies. Don't know what that is. Yeah, I know. It's socialist propaganda. Saboteur, I'm pretty sure is American propaganda. Like it's, it's like you'll watch it. You kind of you can kind of tell uh, that it's it's American propaganda about oh. They're trying to sabotage all war efforts because they hate this country, and they're talking about how fascism might be good, but we know better. Our boys are fighting for good old capitalism. Um, and I have to admit, for an American uh, propaganda movie, they sure do hate the cops in this movie, so that's kind of weird. Uh, but it's it's actually uh, it's, it's pretty decent, you know? Um, at, at least it's a pretty entertaining story. Um Next up, 1942, Black and White, Preston Sturgis. I watched The Palm Beach Story. Uh, Great. This is this is kind of an odd one. Do you know the name Claudette Colbert? I used to be on The Daily Show, and then he got his own spin yeah, and now it is The Tonight Show. That's right. Uh, she was really big back in like the 30s. You know, She was like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotta love Claudette Colbert. But then How can I forget? 42 rolls around. 30s icon. Yes. And uh, she was uh, she was in this, and she was 39 in the Palm Beach story. You watch the Palm Beach story, you're like, no way is she 39. She looks really young. But uh, she's really good at it. It's, it's decently funny. It's got perhaps the most like rushed ending that it, it's so like inexplicable and, and like totally a left-hand turn that it's actually really funny just how bizarre the ending is uh which i i happen to like it, it's like so over the top happy everybody gets what they want uh ending that again it's it's actually kind of funny parker 
So I've watched socialist propaganda. I've oh, watched capitalist propaganda. But Transformers. Well, but what about my fascist propaganda? Lenny oh, Riefenstahl's 1938 Uh-oh. account of the 1936 Olympics in black and white, starring Adolf Hitler, is three and a half hours long, and I are you okay? I hated every second of it. Let me tell you something. Uh, watching Nazi movies is not exactly a hobby of mine, but they were on the list. They tell me Watch. these are classic. Watching- <laughs> Nazi YouTubes, however. Yeah, well, you know, I... It's just me and my boy, Sargon of Akkad, just talking about men's my rights. My buddy baked and said, you gotta watch this 1936 Olympics. Keep those hearts coming, guys. I just love studying classic film. I love literature. I love historical aspects. I love Philosophy. guys with last names that sound like Wolfenstein bosses. Very regular brain. So tell me about the three and a half hours you spent watching Nazi propaganda. It was... I, or as I call it, Fox News. Folks, we have fun yeah. here. <laughs> now, you have to understand, I this is not my first go-around with Lenny Riefenstahl. Uh, sorry, My what? first Lenny Riefenstahl movie was uh, the very well-known Nazi propaganda movie, Triumph of the Will. Um, that movie's boring as fuck. And everyone's like, oh, you have to understand, it's a place in history, it's like, you know, it's Nazi propaganda, and this is what people watch. I was like, yeah, but this is so boring boring and dull and i hate every second of it i don't even care that they're nazis i just wish this was all over uh anyway the olympics oh my god the one highlight of the entire thing you get to watch jesse owens run and jesse owens hey that man could scoot all right he you could tell right away that he's easily the best guy on the uh, entire field there you're becoming your father mm mm-hmm. That boy can scoot, let me tell no, you. No, I haven't become him yet. I'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But, uh, we'll save that for off mic. Exactly. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I can understand where they're going for, but good lord, it just keeps going. It's so long and boring. I have to admit, I was like not even looking at it most of the time. I was like, I was reading a comic book, Parker. One of my very first comic books, and this one's actually about superheroes instead of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. This is a trick. This is a trick. Harlan Ellison's Seven God. Against Chaos is uh, great. It's it's one of those like all my superhero friends get together for a big party, like the Fantastic <laughs> Four, the Avengers, Justice League, etc. Stop with that. Fine, yeah, fine. see, they're Whatever. Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? It's yeah, sure, yeah. okay, just say that. All right, why they're all the same, so anyway, this I'm is gonna kind of walk like... over here and not have a nervous break, and pretty much every X Men movie besides uh, Wolverine and I guess Deadpool, but yeah, so the, all the friends get together and they have a big old punch have up, a normal one. yeah, <laughs> that's me, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's actually pretty good. Uh, the writing's good. Uh, I, one of the things I like about comic books is there's so much art on the page that there's not many words, so you can read the whole thing in one day. <laughs> Don't patronize it, first of all. It's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, anyway, it's good. I recommend Seven Against Chaos. Uh, even you would like it. They use words that everyone knows. And <laughs> you know what? This episode just got four times longer. I don't think I went into enough detail about the Incredible Hulk. Well, uh, you fucking I'm idiot. not done yet. So I, Goddamn oaf. So, I went to... Uh, let's get a little bit more modern here. All this 1938, 1942. 1943's Vredens Dog, a Danish movie that means Day of Wrath, which is about a witch hunt, 
is also slow and boring and doesn't really go anywhere, but it gets special credit. It's about a witch hunt, yes, and we've got so many movies I think about witch hunts. You know, we got the Haxon was another one, and it did a lot better. This, uh, I have to admit, I cannot tell if the person that they accused of being a witch was a witch. It's really kind of left open to uh, interpretation there. It's like, boy, this almost deserves the fantasy tag on here. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. So, if you want to see something like that, it's not as good as The Witch, but... <laughs> Great. There's no ending to that, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see something that's not as good as the thing you like... Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Thanks. But there's other movies that are actually really good. For example, Sight and Sound Magazine once named 1958's Vertigo as the greatest film of all time. It's a really good movie. Uh, and I got to see it in theaters with my dad, and he brought a gun. <laughs> he decided to throw that out there. Yeah, huh? <laughs> you know what? Might as well do it. Chris, why did your dad decide to bring a gun to go see Vertigo? That's a good question. Parker, what did you watch this weekend? <laughs> well, unlike you, I didn't watch a bunch of... You did know, you bring your gun? Two, two and a half, three hour long propaganda movies to talk about how great our country and its military are. Oh, fuck, I dropped all 14 of my Michael Bay movies. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, buddy. So you said you watch a lot of bad movies to fill out a list, huh? Yeah, well, sometimes. Let me tell you about my week. <laughs> Because I did a similar thing. Yes. Now, a year or two back, he wrote a very good review about A Nightmare on Elm Street that I very much enjoyed. Well, thank you. And while going through Letterboxd, I realized I only had the first three logged on there. So it was time to chug-a-chug-a-chugga my way through four, five, and six. Boy, those diminishing returns start right at number four. Like, three is probably the best in the series. Debatable. Like, three is easily top one, two, or three. Four is such a drop-off. What is four? And then is four Freddy's dead? Oh, no, child. That's six. Oh. <laughs> oh, buddy. I didn't even write down the names. One's, like, the dream child. One's... I I could not Dream Warriors, dream child. All these sound like mid-90s action movies. Let me tell you something. If you ever have a, like a free afternoon, go and just watch anything else. You can stick to your three and a half hour long Nazi propaganda movies. You don't need to see Freddy's Dead. <laughs> Let me tell you a couple things that happened in Freddy's yes, Dead. Yes, please the do. Final Nightmare. <laughs> uh, there's a cameo by Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Mm-hmm. Alice Cooper plays Freddy's dad in a flashback. Oh, no. <laughs> The movie opens with a quote from Nietzsche, and then two minutes later, there's a Wizard of Oz parody with Freddy saying, I'll get you, my pretty, you and your little soul, too, with him flying on a broomstick. This is a very, it's very Nietzschean. Look, I know I said a week or two ago that um, all these 80s franchises should have never, ever made it into the 90s. I stand pretty firmly on there that. There we go, you know. This did not sway me whatsoever. But that is three more checked off of the list. And now I can sleep easier tonight. And then earlier before we recorded, I decided to pop in Lords of Salem for one Robert Zombie. Oh, uh, how, how did that one go? I don't know how I feel. Because it is very much not a Rob Zombie movie. Oh, really? How so? It, it was, well, it's not about a bunch of weird hicks who say fuck a lot and do a bunch of disgusting things. It's... 
like moody and there's a bunch of long takes and it's like beautiful imagery but then because it's Rob Zombie movie it gets incredibly fucked near the end I don't know. It's going to take you all to digest it. I kind of wish I didn't watch it 20 minutes before we recorded. I wasn't expecting what I got. I was expecting another Devil's Rejects or House of a Thousand Corpses. And that was not it. One of these days, I am going to watch uh, The Amazing Word of El Super Bisto. Oh, boy. That's not where I thought you were going with that, I'll be honest with you. What do you, what do you think I was going with? Literally any other movie he's made. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I want to see those. So, so, I have to admit, Rob Zombie, I, I like the music. I don't think I like anything else that he's done. Buddy, you better hope those Bruins pull through. Oh, you might not have a chance. I'd really, really like for the Bruins to win. Actually, if they lose, I can shave off this playoff beard. Oh my god, I hate it so much. <laughs> I look terrible with this thing. Parker, what else did you watch this week? That's really it. They fucked up. Well, they didn't fuck it up. They just changed my work schedule for the week. So uh, between watching two movies for this week, going through this entire MCU and a different work schedule, I had to cram in Lords of Salem like two hours ago. Well, at least you get to check it off the I list. To, I had to cram some Rob Zombie into my Monday night because my life is going okay. That, that, that is rough, I will admit. Parker, are you ready to tell me and all the listeners at home all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because some of us, me included, have not seen anywhere near all of these and have no desire to. And I need a content store like this to give me everything I need in order to bone up on my knowledge for Avengers 8 or whatever this is. Buddy, I was put on Earth for this yes. moment. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Strap the fuck in. <laughs> Okay, 18 movies. <laughs> it's, it's so, so much more than I thought it was going yep. to be. <laughs> Alright, so let's take our minds back to the year 2008. Mm -hmm. It just, it hurts saying that, I'll be Wait, honest. Wait, first question, what, isn't Spider-Man part of it? Because he was Marvel, so he should be part... I swear to God. <laughs> Let me get through one of these. <laughs> so we go back to the year 2008. Mm -hmm. and this whole thing launches. This multi-billion dollar affair launches with Robert Downey Jr. And the guy from Swingers. John Favreau brings us Iron Man with billionaire playboy Tony Stark just chilling in Afghanistan. As you do when you're a weapons manufacturer in 2008. A lot of people did that. <laughs> You know what? I have to say, though, good thing that's a relic of the past. Good thing we're not just hanging out in Afghanistan or anywhere in the Middle East just dropping hell of bombs. Yeah, I think if we've done anything, we have learned that we really should not meddle where the U.S. is not needed. It's really cool that in that scene he references MySpace. And the fact that he says that makes this movie feel ancient. But the fact that he's just this weapons warlord hanging out in Afghanistan he could be made yesterday. Yeah, in fact, it kind of makes the movie timeless. <laughs> <laughs> imperialism unstuck through time with tony stark <laughs> a wrinkle in time but with warlords <laughs> <laughs> all right so they get ambushed by a group called the ten rings which is a super important thing that's literally never mentioned again because mm -hmm. why would it be 
they want him to build a big old missile because he's Tony Stark, the weapons guy, but instead he builds a big old iron suit and he busts out of there and he returns home and he's like, hey guys, I know what our weapons do. They were used to hurt us. It was cool when we just eliminated all these brown people, but it's being used on our troops. So we're not going to do that anymore. Blah, 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 business stuff. There's action scenes. Tony Stark fights Jeff Bridges in a robot suit. Okay. Was the movie any good? Yep. I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, ten years later, so many movies have used this exact template. It's, it's, you can't go back in time. Like, you can't go back to that moment in time because, shit, like, half these MCU movies use the same thing. I mean, Black Panther. <laughs> All right, what's the end? Uh, you fight a guy who's wearing a suit similar to you. He's, like, the bad version oh, of you. Oh, good point, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it happens a lot. Yeah, didn't Spider-Man do this first, anyway? But, you know what? But for 2008... Oh yeah. No. I mean, this is this is what four years after the rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking Citizen Kane. Lest we forget. Tony, it ends with Tony Stark going in front of the press and going like, "Hey guys, I'm actually Iron Man." And then we get the post credit scene where Nick Fury wants to put together a team. Boy, wouldn't that be cool if that happened, huh? Good thing that'll never ever happen in these movies. I'm done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's yeah. fine. All right, that's about all you need for all me. All right. Let's go on to The Incredible Hulk. Bruce Banner is played by Edward Norton for some uh, reason, and he turns into a giant green rage monster. Great. <laughs> so in Iron Man 2, Marvel gets a little bit too big for their britches. Great. They realize, like, you know what? Iron Man made a shit ton of money. We can make this Avengers thing work. Let's just stop this movie dead in its tracks in the middle of it and just cram in as much, hey guys, this will be in the Avengers shit as humanly possible. So John Favreau comes back, and uh, spoilers, he's not a big fan of that because he does not come back for part three. He doesn't appreciate the middle 45 minutes being taken away. So we got Tony Stark hanging out doing Iron Man stuff. His best friend, Rhodey, who takes on the War Machine suit, is now played by Don Cheadle because noted cool regular guy Terrence Howard wanted more money and Marvel called his bluff. Oh. Oops. Rest in peace, Christy Mack. You, you biffed that god damn it. <laughs> you know what? I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> In this movie, Mickey Rourke is a Russian man with electric whips. He's mad at Tony Stark. You know what? Don't worry oh, about it. Okay. It's fine. Uh, Don't worry yeah, about it probably okay uh tony's having a real rough go of it with his personal life gets real shit house at a party gets in a fight with his dear friend roadie sam jackson shows up like hey man we gotta stop your movie for about 45 minutes See, we gotta deal with your daddy issues and also talk about shield and also your bodyguard's black widow this will all be important later bye your dad found the shield he he, he created this new element also there's captain america's shield Oh, then there's a big dumb fight, and they beat Mickey Rourke. And this movie made a profit? It is, once again, like, Iron Man 2 is not good. Oh, what was that? I think that was you. Holy shit. What the, I don't know what the fuck that was. It isn't a flash flood warning. <laughs> oh, let me die. But as I was saying, like, it's not good. But then you compare it to, like, the mid-2000s. Like, if you ask me if I'd rather watch Daredevil or Iron Man 2, <laughs> oh, well, okay. it's not yeah. even a hesitation. Yeah, okay, good like, point. like, as bad as these movies get, besides maybe Thor 2, like, they're mostly made with a level of competence that so many other ones just do not have. 
let's get Thor. And then... Boy, do I hate Thor. Do <laughs> you don't like you don't like uh what's your name? Uh the girl from Two oh. Broke Girls just doing whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Spoilers, she's not in this summary. So we got a whole bunch of bullshit about there's nine realms and there's frost giants and there's Asgardians and holy balls who can <sighs> Yeah, go on. So here's the thing. You got Anthony Hopkins as Odin. Mm-hmm. He's the king, yeah. right? He's got his two wee little lads, Loki and Thor. Thor's kind of a shit dick and Loki just desperately wants his daddy's approval. Mm-hmm. Just really, really wants dad to be proud of him. Thor's his natural-born son, and oopsies, Loki is a frost giant that was scooped up because, you know, wars. He was supposed to bridge peace, like, hey, since he's half frost giant and part of us, like, maybe we can stop murdering each other for another hundred years. Don't worry about it. The words frost and giant never come up again in the next 16 movies. Frost giant, isn't that, like, one of the, it's one of the enemies from Brutal Legend? You know what? You're probably right. (laughs) So there's a bunch of dumb stuff. Thor almost starts a war with said Frost Giants. Odin gets real mad. He's like, ah, you've damned us all, you little shit. And he strips his powers and sends them to the middle of nowhere on Earth. Mm-hmm. Why have a movie on Asgard when we could be in the desert with Natalie Portman? Oh, good. <laughs> doing Natalie whatever Portman, she is doing. Who desperately wants to be anywhere but in this movie. <laughs> Uh, we find out Loki actually made this all happen because he just wants to be king and also wants his dad to love him, but he wants to be king. Don't worry about it. doesn't matter. There's a really prolonged scene involving Hawkeye and Thor that was obviously shot afterwards because they're never in the same shot together once at all. He can tell Thor, and they're like, he's going to be the Avengers. Go and just throw in this little five-minute scene. It's balls. There's a big, dumb CGI monster. Thor gets his power back. They do battle. Loki, Loki and Thor fight each other, and Loki's like, I'll get you next time, Gadget, and he falls off the big Rainbow Road bridge. Oh. You're, it's it's whatever. Look, it's a it's got some really good visuals. Like, everything in Asgard looks gorgeous, <laughs> but I will never sit through that movie again. <laughs> All right. On we go, baby. Here we go. Phase one is very rough. Until we get to the first Avenger. It was called Captain America here, but it was called the first Avenger everywhere else because America wasn't the most popular thing in the world in 2011. So I've heard. Once again, a timeless movie. (laughs) I remember I actually watched this one in theaters. So This one, I will say, if I rewatch anything before next week, it'll probably be this one because I haven't seen it since like 2013 or Mm -hmm. so. Didn't expect Cap to become like the heart and soul of this entire franchise and basically be like a modern day Christopher Reeve Superman. So I should probably give this one another looksy daisy because it turns out he's kind of important to this whole thing. So I've heard. Like when we saw Winter Soldier, like I didn't recognize Bucky from this movie. I didn't know who the fuck it was. This one might be a little bit important. I don't remember Bucky in this movie either. I mean, it's been a while. Um,. <laughs> I will say, considering Bucky's been like this huge emotional core for like the last three years worth of movies, mm-hmm. I should probably check this. Yeah, one out. probably. Uh, I, can I can I say something about this? My my coworker Gabby uh, recently watched this movie, and she asked, in all seriousness, did he lose all that weight to get that small? I was like, <laughs> Gabby, he, he's Gabby, like, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. <laughs> 
Please be our guest. Please call in. He he lost two feet for the role. It was it really was something. And then he bulked up. He had he did a lot of milk squats to get much bigger. <laughs> That's the thing. He should have been killed. He should have been killed by the process. But his big gay ass wouldn't let him. <laughs> All right, five episodes in a row. <laughs> All right, let's get through this one. And then, little manlet Steve Rogers desperately wants to join the army with his bestest friend Bucky, but he's way too scrawny to be accepted, and he's got asthma and all this shit. He's just like even in World War II, they're like, "Nah, we're good. We don't need you." Mm-hmm. But good news, we got some super soldier HGH. Hugo Weaving, who I forgot was in this yep. movie, is the Red Skull, the big super bad Hydra commander. Because we're going to keep saying Hydra, because at the end of the day, this is a Disney movie, and we're not going to say the word Nazi for two hours. <laughs> He's got a big blue cube called the Tesseract, which, oopsies, that's an Infinity Stone, but it's not mentioned until, like, after Guardians are like, oh yeah, that was the uh, Reality Stone. Like, the Reality matter. Stone? Look, I don't care. We'll get we'll get to them all at the end. I'll give you a quick rundown. Yeah, I wish we didn't. I, I, you know what? It's too late to turn back now, friend. Uh, yeah, that's true. Basically, they want to use the big blue cube to give the Nazis big old magic guns so they can win the war. Action scenes: Bucky goes flying off a train, is presumed dead. I didn't notice because I didn't know who he was when I saw it. Cat beats the bad guys in the end. And he crashes the big super bad guy plane into the ice, or people will die, and he's frozen in there until present day. On to the Avengers. I like a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never get that dance. <laughs> Rest in power, Cap. And then... The Avengers... Does not hold up. But that's fine. Okay. Let's fucking strap yes. in. So our, our wee little lad Loki's alive and he's banished from Asgard. Because why wouldn't he be? So if he can't be king there, he'll rule Earth, because that's convenient. He made a deal with these aliens, whose names I will not bother putting in your head, because they won't come up mm-hmm. again. They'll be his army in exchange for the Tesseract, which is in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s hands. So Loki breaks in and uses his weird magic scepter thing, stop laughing, to take control of a bunch of agents, and also Hawkeye. Ah, oh, jeez, Chris, it's time for the Avengers Initiative. Avengers Assemble, hooray. There's a ton of plot... And then a ton of fighting, and then the Avengers win. Thor, Loki, and the Tesseract fly back to their home planet. Good guys win. It's it's like an, it's an event movie. It's it's what you think it is. The plot doesn't matter. Yeah. Then you get the post credit scene with the space guy going like, "Man, you, we probably shouldn't fuck with these Earth guys. That could be real trouble." And then they turn and oh my god, it's Thanos. They've been teasing this shit since 2012. Chris. Wait, Thanos was in this movie. He was in the post credit scene for like five seconds. I would, well, you know, I have to admit I never saw Thor 2. I never will. Oh, buddy. We'll get there. But first we have to go through Iron Man 3. Look, in terms of Infinity War, this movie's not that important. It's pretty much an entire movie about Tony Stark dealing with being Tony Stark. He's got PTSD. It's... I wish I liked it more than I did, because I love Shane Black desperately, but I just, I do not feel this movie at all. You know what? I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm good. The only funny note is that originally this was the last movie on Robert Downey Jr.'s contract. I sure hope he comes back, Chris. <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm, 
I mean, honestly, it's like a self-contained little story. Like, I'm not going to waste your time with it. But I will waste your time with Thor the Dark World. <sighs> Chris, let me throw this by you. So there's an evil space elf who wants to make the Earth dark so the dark elves All can right, take Alright, you've gone far enough. Hey, do you remember how Natalie Portman didn't want to be in the first one? <laughs> I bet she double doesn't want to be in this one. They almost had to sue her to get her to show oh, up. Oh, they almost did the same thing that they did to uh, Bill Murray to get him to show up in the new Ghostbusters. She had a two-movie contract, and they will be goddamned if they don't get Jane Foster. <laughs> this magic space elves want something called the Ether, which is this weird, ugly red thing. That ends up being an infinity stone. What? Oh, that sounds important. Itch, buddy. It's like this has all been leading up to this fucking infinity war. I still barely know what the infinity stones do. But that's fine. <sighs> Good guys win. Lakey, lo Lakey. <laughs> Loki fakes his own death and uses his weird magic powers to shapeshift and pretend to be Odin so he can rule Asgard. And there's a post credit scene that I completely forgot where the red ether thing is taken to the collector from Guardians. Because I remember this movie ends, and we see Benicio Del Toro doing whatever he's doing in Guardians, and thinking like, wow, that movie looks like shit. <laughs> Oops! All berries. Let's get... But you know... <laughs> let's get into that good shit, Chris. Yes. And then... Let's get into the Winter Soldier. I love the Winter Soldier. Me too. So This is much. one of the good ones. <laughs> You're really turning into your dad. No, <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that. By the way, oh man, oh jeez, that's actually good. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Should have seen that coming. <laughs> now the Winter Soldier is this weird, weird piece of fiction because it turns out everyone in power is a Nazi. Man, that sounds horrible. Oh, I, I'm glad we don't live here. do like that. Don't worry, buddy. We're only halfway through yes. this. You better start beyond. So, Cap's been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. since the Avengers. Because, you know, what else is he going to do? Yeah. Things aren't going great. And then Nick Fury's killed by an assassin known as the Winter Soldier. He's not really dead. They did the shitty yeah, fake yeah. out. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been infiltrated by Hydra. And Cap, Black Widow, and their new friend Falcon have to fight back. And, oh my god, the Winter Soldier is Bucky. That guy you probably forgot about. I sure hope he isn't important later. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Nah, probably yeah. not. And then? Guardians of the Galaxy, my friend. I've also seen this one, in theaters even. Ooh. <laughs> so did everyone this else in the world. The <laughs> that takes the time to go, hey kids, there's these things called Infinity Stones, and we think we're probably going to go through with it this time, so here's what they are. There are these six magic things that make you really powerful. Got it? Cool. Yeah. So you got Peter Quill, the Space Ravager, taken from Earth by Blue Michael Rooker and the Ravagers. Ronan, the shit-ass forgettable villain who doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Who, for who formed a pact with Thanos, who feels very, very out of place in this movie. Yes, he does. There's, he's just sitting there on a space chair, you know, and like, hey, you better get my stones. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, let's run and use his two adopted daughters, Gamora and Nebula. Peter, Gamora, Groot, and Rocket end up in prison where they team up with Dave Batista. They break out and visit the Collector, who sits us down and goes, Hey guys, 
That big purple thing you're chasing? That's an Infinity Stone trademark 2017 Disney. <laughs> Here's the thing. The good guys win. Thanos sits on his chair like, Oh, you goddamn kids, I'll get you one day. All in all, pretty good, but... Cameo appearance from know, Howard the Duck. Yeah, I almost wrote that down. <laughs> Marvel technically counts. You know what? We're not watching Howard the Duck, so you can fucking drop yeah, it. We. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. wait for those Bruins to, to score. Next. Don't. If you want to open those floodgates, that's I know. all you. You can feel free to do that. If that's the road you want to go down... I've seen shit that'll turn your hair white, buddy. <laughs> I, I told my dad about it. I was like, yeah, I've got this one movie. And he was like, wait, that movie's really good. Why don't I make him watch a bad movie like My Dinner with Andre? <sighs> your dad is so cool. <laughs> my dad rules. <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner and he ain't gonna like the fucking answer. <laughs> I'm backing. dad sounds southern. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm getting pretty close to doing the uh, Wilbur Cobb impression from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Rain in October. Is your dad George Licker? <laughs> I remember the first time we watched that episode with him. He was like, "That's my brother George, right there." Oh God! <laughs> it is discipline that begets love. <laughs> oh. Speaking of discipline, yes. oh, have you ever sat through Avengers: Age of Ultron? No. Do you know what I completely forgot about this movie? That it exists. This is what we all saw at the first draft miss. Oh. Before, because we all had to leave the house early and before all their planes left. Oh. So I got to watch this sitting right next to my good friend Jericho Holland. Oh, good. I'm sure he has a great taste. That's, that's a memory in my brain forever. <laughs> the, the, the look on Alex's face as they watched Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Dude. <laughs> That man. <laughs> that was such a difficult night in his life. <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron is the Avengers, but we did it again. And also there's more new characters. So, Isn't it pronounced Avengers? <laughs> you know what, motherfucker? <laughs> I second-guess myself enough with this shit. I don't need this. I wouldn't know. Jeez. Go on. Alright, so... Tony Stark, as he always is, is racked by horrible, awful guilt. That is a running theme of these movies. Always feels guilty. Has a lot of daddy issues. Mm -hmm. So during a mission, they interact with our friends Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Quit yawning. <laughs> Sorry. The Scarlet Witch you might know as the third Olsen sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are doing some Boris and Natasha ass impressions, <laughs> and it's real bad like the next movie they toned it down real quick probably so Scarlet Witch gets in Tony's head Charles and he has a vision of aliens attacking and all of his Avengers are dead and he's like oh we gotta stop this so they do the Ultron program which is this super super advanced peacekeeping robot but guess what it's a comic book movie so it tries to kill everyone cause the only way to really save the world would be to eradicate humanity He's not wrong. And also, he's voiced by James Spader. Because, why not? Oh, I loved him in The Emperor's New Groove. God, I hate so much <laughs> about the person you are. Do you want me to go with a Bill Hader reference instead? Neither. So, the player hater is... Uh, 
Age of Ultron here. <laughs> Ultron goes to the player haters ball. <laughs> hate you, I hate you, I don't even know you. I have to go home and put one, change the water in Tony Stark's mama's dish. <laughs> hate you more than you could ever imagine. <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. I miss you dearly. Oh, boy. Alright, so the giant robot man voiced by James Spader recruits Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and they go steal Vibranium from Fucking Claw from Black Panther. killing me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scarlet Witch mindfucks all the Avengers and there's a big old fight and they go to Hawkeye's farm? Question Is mark? Scarlet Witch a different Forgot. character from Black Widow? Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's one's, one's played by a woman named Scarlet, the other one's named Scarlet. I get confused very easily, Parker. <laughs> oh, you want more names thrown at oh, you? Oh, no. <laughs> Can't do. Because the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver actually lower Ultron's plan is like, hey, man, that's not cool. So they join the Avengers. And there's this big, dumb, big budget, stupid CGI fight. There's a bunch of robots. And then. <laughs> and then. Now, have you seen Civil War? Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Hey, have you seen the Infinity War trailer? Yes, I've seen the trailer. Were you confused by the, not the Josh Brolin purple guy, but the purplish looking guy in a cape with a giant stone in his forehead? Oh, yeah, he was that guy from uh, the the Green Lantern, right? Yeah, sure. His name is Vision. There's an Infinity Stone in his head. It's most likely going to get ripped right out of his face by oh, Thanos. he's going to have about a all rough need time. To know about it. He is gonna die horribly, most likely. Oof. There's a big fight. Quicksilver dies. Because, sure, why not? Hulk flies off real sad. Thor goes to Asgard to learn like about them, their Infinity Stones. Because there's a couple movies in Phase 2 where they're just really like, Guys, this is fucking serious. We gotta drive this home. Infinity Stones. And it kind of sucks. But the good guys win, and they all high-five. It's all good. Speaking of another movie we can just breeze right yes. through. Look, Ant-Man is fine. Yeah. Turns out you can make a successful movie solely off of the goodwill of watching Paul Rudd. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, yes you can do that. It's fun. It's a, it's, it's a good movie. It's very fun. He can shrink, he can grow big. You're yeah. fine. That's all you need to know. On to the next one. And then... Fucking Civil War. There is hashtag a lot going on here. So I've heard. I think after this, the rest are pretty straightforward. There's a lot going on here. So, I didn't realize you hadn't seen this one. Okay, shit. I'm really happy I wrote all this down then. Because, man, (laughs) this is all actually, like, incredibly important to where we are Right. So, the movie starts with the Avengers going on a mission, as you do. And oopsie daisy, civilians end up dying. So the UN's like, hey, you guys can't just fly into whatever country you want and accidentally murk people. So they bring up these things called the Sokovia Accords, which is based off what happened in Ultron, where a shit ton of people died. Iron Man, Black Widow, Vision, War Machine, like, hey, this is cool. We should probably, you know, have someone we answer to. Captain America, Scarlet Witch, and Falcon are like, hey... Do you trust literally anyone in power to tell us to go and bomb people? No, neither do we. So while this is happening, our dear friend Bucky, 
the Winter Soldier is framed for an explosion at the UN building that ends up killing T'Chaka, which gets our friend T'Challa real salty. Oh, I... And here's the Black Panther. Hey, here we go. What, what's that one about? Oh, buddy. <laughs> you fucking wish. So there's a big silly fight happens. The big old airport fight where like every single main character of all these movies has a big old Comes battle. together for a huge And it's all fun party. and games. Uh-huh. Game Master Anthony's airport battle yeah. happens, and it's all fun and games, until War Machine is accidentally paralyzed. Oops! Guess what he deserved. <laughs> Carried out in that fucking spit Rest bag. in power. <laughs> so this has all been masterminded by this dude named Zemo. I don't think he's going to come up again, but basically he lost his whole family during the end battle in Ultron. So his whole plan is like, fuck it. I can't, like, I can't overpower the Avengers, but I can tear them apart. So Cap and Bucky escape and they go after Zemo. Tony is like, oh man, my friend needs help. I'll go help him out. And then that's where Zemo's plan comes to a head because he reveals that one of the Winter Soldier's earlier missions was to murder Tony Stark's parents. That goes over very poorly with Tony and it goes over worse when Cap pretty much says he's known the entire time. Oops! Jeez. So, uh, yeah. Tony tr- pretty much tries to murder Bucky right then and there. Bucky's Cap's bestest friend, so he steps in. They have a big old knockdown dragout fight. Cap and Bucky barely win. But as the movie ends, Zemo's plan worked. The Avengers are gone. Tony feels betrayed by his closest friend. All the other people are all wanted fugitives from the UN because you can't be doing superhero shit without their oversight. Basically, everything's fucked. And this movie was supposed yeah, to be not... good, right? I fucking hate you. <laughs> 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 Alright, another one we can go quickly through is Doctor Strange. Look, this movie pretty much sets up like, hey, once we're done with all this shit, well, there's magic and there's other dimensions. Mm-hmm. That's all you really need to know. He has an Infinity Stone, lets him like control time. You're good. Yeah. You're fine. It's got Mads Mikkelsen as an evil magician. That's what you Gotta want. I love it. Uh, I will mention there are these things called Sanctum Santorums, which are like headquarters that protect Earth from weird shit. Uh-huh. And I'm only mentioning it because we stalked an Infinity uh-huh. War Lego step that involves uh-huh. one. So I'm assuming that word's going to come up. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Basically, there's a solid chance in Infinity War there's going to be a fight that takes place at a big old magic base. So I'm just trying to help you out. Okay. So Guardians 2 The guy from Troma Made a movie about cycles of neglect and abuse And a space raccoon Realizes that all of the pushing people away Man It's all gonna work out in the end This movie hurts my soul It is It is a heartbreaking movie In ways I did not expect when I was in the theater I'll still defend Guardians 2 I fucking love Guardians 2 I will probably rewatch that. I haven't seen it since theater, so I'll probably rewatch Captain One and Guardians Two, and then just let the lore take I'm over. I'm gonna rewatch uh, Winter Soldier. Maybe who cares? Peter meets his dad, who is Kurt Russell. Jealous. I mean, that's not important to what we're talking but, about. Uh, but like, it's probably more important than what we're talking about. It's more important than anything has ever mm-hmm. been. No. Breezing right through, we got Spider-Man, we got Spider-Man, and then two others. I promise you we're almost there, my mm-hmm. friend. Spider-Man, you're fine. You're good. Yeah. 
it's a very small scale story. This is homecoming. Uh, they had right? it on in the yeah. yeah, they had it on in the other room while I was working on this. I I was tuning in and out. It's fun. Michael Keaton's great in it. It's a nice little contained story. I've I've run into a lot of people who really dislike it. They can all fuck off. Okay. It's okay to like a movie or dislike it as long as you agree with me. Okay. Yeah, that's the important thing. I'm dead. All right. Thor Ragnarok. Let me run through this quickly here. Okay. I'm always setting it up because, like, the post credit scene literally, like, ties directly into it. Mm-hmm. So, Thor's out looking for them, their Infinity Stones, which, as you might know, are kind of important. Yeah. And he keeps hearing about this thing called Ragnarok, which is basically the destruction of Asgard, a.k.a. his whole home world. All his people are going to die. And he's like, hey, that's not cool. Oh, boy. So he returns home to find Loki is still pretending to be Odin. He's just chilling there eating grapes, you know. Just hanging out, as one does when he's in power. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, man, we got to cut this shit. we got to go to Earth to find Dad, because we might all die. And then they go they go to Earth, and Anthony Hopkins is like, oh, I'm fucking old. And then he dies. And then goth Kate Blanchett shows up, and she's like, surprise, I'm your sister. And your dad and I used to go and just fuck everyone up. And I'm the rightful ruler now that your papa's dead. Then Thor's like, I don't think so. And then she destroys his hammer. And then they fight and he gets thrown off the magic rainbow road and ends up on a trash planet run by Jeff Goldblum. This is the comedy. Just go with me. I swear to God. <laughs> I hate you so much. I mean, isn't it? Thor Ragnarok. That's the comedy. <laughs> yes, but he just said it so dismissively. Like, huh. This is the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dismissive. I, I prefer comedies. Maybe this one I'll watch sometime. I'll have to fucking sit you down and make you do it. Oh. So Thor's put into a big old gladiator battle against Goldblum's champion, the Hulk, which had been a really fun surprise if it wasn't in every single trailer. That's a good point, but yeah. here we are. So Thor, Loki, Hulk, and an Asgardian Valkyrie warrior who might end up being important, question mark. They go back to Asgard and there's a fight. Thor loses an eye, and he's like, man, we are absolutely fucked. She is way too strong. So what if we just do the Ragnarok? Because she gets her powers from Asgard, so let's just burke the entire goddamn planet. <laughs> and they do, and all the refugees of Asgard fly off on a spaceship and run right into Thanos' ship in the post-credits. Oopsie-daisy. <laughs> And then, after that, finally Black Panther. Look, we did an episode on it. Black Panther feels like it came out three fucking years You're ago. You're right. Every day is an eternity. Yeah. I mean, like, it's pretty much a self-contained thing. The only things I'll say is it looks like Wakanda is really heavily featured in all the trailers. For a good reason. And surprisingly enough, M'Baku's doing as much press as everyone else. Which I enjoyed because I got to hear Sebastian Stan say, M'Baku can blow my back out. And I was really into that. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what you need to know. So, in closing, comma, there's six stones that are super important, and Josh Brolin in purple CGI makeup needs them. One, we got the Space Stone, which is the test rack. It's a little magic cube. Loki has it in one of the trailers. He's probably going to get murdered for it. The Reality Stone, which lets you look. It's in Thor 2. They barely explain it. I'm not going to go back and watch Thank it. Thank goodness. There's the, there's the Power Stone, which is the one in Guardians, where if it touches the planet, it can just destroy the whole thing immediately. That's, that seems pretty powerful. Yeah. There's the Mind Stone, which is in the Avengers that lets you like control people's minds and shit. The Time Stone, 
Doctor Strange, rewind, fast forward, create a time loop. And the Soul Stone, we don't know yet. Still hasn't been anywhere. My guess is it's probably in Wakanda because that isn't a lot of trailers. Yeah, these all sound like Magic the Gathering cards anyway. Correct. Now, the Netflix shows. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, they don't you. fucking count. All right, now, Chris, tell me about how the Inhumans fits into all this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say, so we've got this, and there's one more Avengers after it. That's already done filming. Man. They film a back-to-back. We in this shit. We're in it deep. Let's talk about Hellboy. Thank goodness. Boy, this is a long episode. It is. It, this is going to be a long one. <clears throat> this one might get split up. We might crop that middle out. We'll see. Make it like its own sort of thing. Episode yeah, 42 and a half. Whatever. Um, so, Hellboy was released in 2004. This matters. This is actually an important release date because you have to sort of think about where comic book movies were uh, at the time of the release. Cause, oh, boy. No, really. This... Imagine I just flushed my toilet because <laughs> that's where they were. Well, sort of, sort of. Uh, this is immediately after uh, Spider-Man 1. And I've, I think I've mentioned that repeatedly, just how important that was for comic book movies. And similarly, it was right before Batman Begins, which I think sort of ushered in this sort of age where comic book movies were like a really big event. Like, I mean, it's obviously this is before uh, The Dark Knight, which is 2008, but like that little sequence between Spider-Man where they're still kind of goofy and Batman Begins where they're taken a little bit more seriously. I think that kind of shows in this movie and I'll get to that in a bit, but there's another thing here that I'm going to bring up is uh, the nineties. So Hellboy begins with uh, the prophecy that only a bright can uh, wield the wand. And <laughs> okay, good. You wrote that down. <laughs> that's the first thing I wrote. I could not help it. I, I don't know that I'm going to go scene by scene. I'll, I'll give you some of the notes I wrote here though. Is uh you can tell right away with Hellboy that the writing is very simplistic, and I think they do this in almost every single Guillermo del Toro movie. And maybe it, it's the way he talks, and maybe there's a language barrier or something like that, or who knows? Maybe that's the way that the language was written in the comics. But uh, it's not that the writing's bad. I, I'm not going to call the writing bad, because I don't think it is. Sometimes the delivery is not great, but overall in this movie, I, I kind of... It, it, you can just tell it's a little bit simpler, and I think if you watch uh, Shape of Water, it's kind of similar to that, how everything that they say is kind of chosen for a reason, you know? I've heard him say on numerous occasions, he the one thing he hates is when movies get bogged down in logic, like... Well, when they do this or this, like it doesn't matter. Like, just immerse yourself in the world, and these things are happening. I would imagine he's not a big fan of cinema sins. <laughs> I, I would imagine you would not watch something like. I, I don't watch cinema sins. I'll tell you that right now. Nor should yeah. you. You're fine. Now, um, one of the I, I just defended the dialogue, but sometimes it's like you can't tell if it's the dialogue that's bad or it's the person delivering it. Like when that guy sees little baby hellboy there with a big hand and he says look at the size of that whammer <laughs> <laughs> look that's how i imagine anyone in the 1940s I, I assume so you know but i i well speaking of someone who watches a lot of 1940s movies they don't talk like that in those movies um <laughs> no but like good movies that aren't about hitler <laughs> or okay not. yeah so one of the things I wrote down, and... Oh, yeah, this movie is kind of about Hitler. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. 
sort of whiffed on that one. Yeah. One of the things here that as I watch the movie, this is the take I was telling you about on the phone, and I I feel pretty strongly about this. It's a 2004 movie that kind of feels like a mid to late 90s comic book movie, but with way better special effects. This is not an insult. It, it, it kind of has the feel of these mid to late 90s movies, you know? it's It doesn't take itself too seriously. It has a little bit of fun with itself, but it's also a little bit darker. And the effects are, as I said, much better. Would you agree with that? So what you're saying is you wouldn't be surprised if I told you this script was ready in 1998. Oh, I... Because it was. I totally believe it. He had this movie, like, ready to go before X-Men happened. And then when this came out, it got compared to X-Men a lot. <laughs> For being a group of like misfits, oh, like, that's I've been sitting on this all these that years. That is so rude to compare this to that movie with Halle Berry as Storm. <laughs> the same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> what a good good writing. His name is Toad. <laughs> He's got a long tongue. Um, <laughs> uh, let's let's be honest here. Some of the acting in this movie is a bizarre at best. Jeffrey Tambor is doing something in this movie what it is i don't know if you could consider it rational human thought but uh at sometimes he's bellowing and sometimes he's just i don't even know what he's trying to do i don't know what he's trying to communicate to me as an audience member but uh i'll be in your silly comic book movie <laughs> yep i don't know how you're that good at a jeffrey tambor impression holy shit <laughs> but uh yeah he he's in this so you get that whoever that is as myers the fbi agent the fuck <laughs> okay there is no way this guy wasn't a studio note <laughs> like there's no way this guy wasn't a well we need like a human character so the audience has someone to connect to hey guess what this fake ass shitty josh hartnett wannabe he's no will smith and men in black oh remember when Cause that's he's that's the role they want he's walking through their science lab and he meets the fish guy abe and uh, voiced by David Hyde Pierce from Frasier, by the way. That's so weird, right? I, I like it. I like it. So uh, he's walking through their thing, and uh, the security guard says, You met the fish guy, right? And he says, Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> like he's a, Good like he's a Silent Hill character. <laughs> I don't know what it is with Del Toro movies having stilted white people, but Charlie Hunnam is in two of his movies, and I don't understand Well, it. you know, that's... Well, finally, uh, we get to meet Ron Perlman as Hellboy, and let me tell you, the movie oh God, really he's... picks up when Ron Perlman's on screen, because, boy, he is so good in this. Like, if you go back to 2004, does this movie work if you put literally anyone else in this role? I, I don't think it does. Like, can you imagine, oh, if they made this with Arnold? Oh, no. no. Don't put that evil on me, Christopher. That, that, how, <laughs> I'm simply not having that. How fucking good is this makeup? Oh, it's real good. But you know what? What makeup was better? The, the Aviator it. with Leonardo DiCaprio. The fucking a, not a single nomination. <laughs> that got the Abe is not CGI. That is makeup. Hellboy's makeup. All these puppets. And goddamn best makeup. The three forehead wrinkles to the Liberty Snicket's a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. Fuck yourself for it's oh, Jim God, <laughs> We gave him crazy hair and a weird suit. He is a giant red demon with a big hand. Fuck, I'm yeah. fine. I'm actually not it's... mad. I'm actually laughing. 
overall, that's one of the things I again I, I like about this so much is just Ron Perlman. Now I can see why his performance might be a little bit controversial uh, to an extent. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, "Yeah, I like I like Hellboy, but I just don't like Ron Perlman in it." I can see that he is kind of throughout the movie, kind of going, "All right, I'll, I'll solve your problem. You know, give me a cigar. I'll go solve this." You know, especially like you get that when he fights the first uh, boss. I mean, uh, enemy called uh, Samael, and for for much of it, he's just like, "All right, come on, stinky, let's, let's go shoot you up." He kills it, and he, throughout most of like the first half of the fight, he looks unconcerned. And if he's unconcerned, I'm gonna be unconcerned. But uh, he gets into it later on. But he's also really just so much fun to just kind of be around, especially when he's first introduced. Like, I wouldn't trade anything for when that alarm goes off. He's passing my shoulders. Says, Come on, let's go fight some monsters. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That says everything. Just casually, hey, we're going to go punch some demons in the face. Yeah. Oh, he got huge for this role, too. I'm going to I'm gonna get on the same training program and get gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the train scene. Oh, I like the train scene. Here's one of the things that the movie did very well, is they use slapstick. This movie is actually genuinely funny, and it tries to be, too. And that is not something that happens often in comic book movies, as you see with most Marvel no. things. So, no. him getting hit, hit, hit on the head by the train every once in a while, that's really <laughs> funny to me. I don't know why, but I'm just like, it's just like, oh! And then, like, oh, there's that one point, like, I think a piece of, like, glass falls on his head, and he just goes, ow. And I don't know why, but it's, like, <laughs> it's perfectly timed. Guillermo del Toro, if, if he knows how to do anything besides monster design, which he knows how to do very well, he uh, he's very good at uh, slapstick timing. Like like when he hits the monster with the payphone and all the coins fly out? It's so yeah, good. That, that's really, really good. Um, so then he meets up with his friend, uh, her name is Liz, and she's in a mental institution. And uh, she's another one where some people have had a problem with her delivery. I thought it was fine. In fact, I thought it was perfect. You can tell that she very clearly went through something traumatic as a kid, so that's why she kind of talks stilted. And I'm fine with it. It's okay. Her name is Selma Blair. Blair? I'm nothing important, I guess. Anyway, she just, she's okay. basically like uh, the Fantastic Four guy. <laughs> Jesus that's, how dare Who you? stretches? Anyway, uh, she. Fuck. <laughs> I legit when I was re- when I was watching this, I forgot she had uh, pyrokinesis. So when when she was talking about, I haven't had an episode in a long time. I was like, oh, this is going to be a very thoughtful portrayal of mental illness. And then with a fire hand, I was like, oh. <laughs> she just catches on fire. You're like, oh yeah, this is a monster yeah, like, movie. Oh, thank you. Well, either way, it, I think they actually did a pretty decent dignified uh portrayal here and i liked it problem she calls him hb as a nickname just call him red like everyone else does that's a good nickname you know because if they kept saying hellboy hellboy boiling acid (laughs) (laughs) it's everywhere yeah but you know here's the thing is liz got bullied as a little girl because she had this fire ability barker cast your mind back it's the playground you're (laughs) arguing about marvel movies I'm not gonna go uh-huh. pick on the kid with pyrokinesis, you know? Absolutely not. That seems like a, a real, like, you deserve it kind of scene. Yeah, exactly. However, I will admit this, there was a kid on the wrestling team who looked a lot like an arsonist, oh, no. and so we nicknamed him The Arsonist. Turns out he wasn't very happy. clever. <laughs> he wasn't very happy about it. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so me and the other kids he grew up to wrestle be all day. A brilliant uh, mathematician, arsonist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my arsonist story. Can we just story. talk for just a second? How fucking cute little baby Hellboy is. Oh, I want to hold him in my arms. He's so tiny. He just wants a little candy bar. You know, one of the... and then he turns into Ron Perlman. Yeah. Well, I mean, As wait, what do you want him to grow up to look like? Me? Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so one of the things that this movie does really well is it sort of crosses genres. It's not just action, but it's also fantasy and science fiction, a little bit of adventure in there, a bit of thriller. But one of the ones I keep seeing labeled as, and I think I might agree with it, is horror. Because that underground scene with those monsters and stuff, eating those dudes' faces, I could see this going for like a partial horror movie. Because that, I mean, that scene's pretty scary. It's pretty well done. Yeah, like, this is a nice, light, and breezy PG-13, like, fantasy comic movie. But, my God, to jump around the movie a lot, when that assassin dude, when he dies and he raises up under the curtain and you just see what his face looks like. Oh, yeah. Merciful Christ, how is this PG-13? Yeah, I mean, one of the other things there is, A, well, that was probably all makeup, Parker. But but it wasn't 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 good enough to win an Academy Award. No, it's it doesn't have Leonardo DiCaprio wearing a pinstripe suit like an it's asshole. It's not as good as the makeup in Suicide Squad. I fucking hate the movie. <laughs> yeah. so I hated it before, and I hate it even more now. <laughs> I'm totally on your side here. Uh, but the, the other thing that works away with that guy with all the stuff is like it, it, they were describing it beforehand. You know, he was addicted to surgery and stuff like that. It was like, boy, yeah, now I am really fucked up. <laughs> so uh it was it was very weird when we first go into the bprd headquarters and they go into abe sapien's room and you see this old-timey like 1950s 60s styled room and doug jones is a fish man he just kind of looked for a second and go huh this has been dancing around his mind for a couple decades now huh? yeah probably um i want to uh tell you that now the slapstick, again, was very, very funny, but there was only one point where I laughed so hard I had to stop the movie. They, he goes to the subway again, and he the, and he's fighting the demon, and the one woman yells out, Oh no, my box of kittens! I was... <laughs> so good. Now, that had to be intentional, right? <laughs> of course it was. The moment they got me that you were talking about earlier, where he keeps getting his head hit by the train... But it's right before that when the guy knocks him off the train. <laughs> and then everyone cheers and he just turns over and gives a thumbs up like, Yeah, I did it! Yeah, that's I my stopped job. the monster. <laughs> it, it, all she had to say was, Oh no, that burning orphanage! You know? <laughs> <laughs> Save me, Batman! <laughs> <laughs> Bring that guy back. <laughs> oh no, my kittens! <laughs> Her box of kittens. <laughs> Why does she have a box of kittens on the subway? I don't know. You, you know, you try to sell them to people or something. I don't, who knows? But uh, yeah, that that part was really funny. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, the more I watch it, the more I realize, you know, this is good. It's fun. This is this is a really good time. It's not a top ten comic book movie, but that's probably only because there's so many comic book movies now. You know, so this this is one I True. could give a pretty hearty recommendation to. I definitely see why it was just on constant rotation on FX. Because oh, yeah. at any point you can pop it on and be like, yeah, 
I'm halfway into it, but you know, I can sit here for another hour. That's cool. Now, two things I want to talk about here, and they both involve Liz, is the movie takes a <laughs> radical departure at some point, a very big tonal shift, uh, when, I wouldn't even call it a date, when Liz, who I kind of just referred to as the girl, goes on a date-ish with the FBI guy, and Hellboy's jealous, so he tells them. It was, that I thought that was actually really funny. You know, I thought it was well done. That was the biggest moment where I was like, oh, this is a 90s movie, except done in 2004. It's also a Del Toro movie, because I'd be willing to bet anything that in the theatrical version, like, cut all this shit out, get to the monster fighting. But that's what makes Del Toro movies so good. It's just the human moments. Like, this movie's about two hours long, and I constantly forget that Ron Perlman is a giant red demon. Uh, yep. I just see Ron Perlman desperately in love and also trying to deal with his daddy issues. Yeah, like you look at all the advertising for this movie and they really just played on the fact that, no, no, he's the good guy. Doesn't he look like a badass? I was just like, you know what? He actually looks like he'd be the good guy in this. So, I don't know. Um, I think by... He's dressing up like a fucking Ninja Turtle in disguise in his trench coat, following her along rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> like, just him, like... She took his picture. Yeah. Just so upset I think, that he's losing the love of his life. I think my favorite part about all this is he comes across that kid. And he's like, the kid's like, oh, you're Hellboy. He's like, shh, I'm on a mission. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> that, I back, really like that. <laughs> it just comes back to him and the kids sitting there spying on him. <laughs> the kid's just so awestruck by this giant hell monster. The kid's like, uh, they don't look like spies. And uh, Hellboy says, what are you, kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, it gets more and more and the kid's like I really feel like you should just talk to her he's like what do you know you're nine years old <laughs> it's not that easy <laughs> Del Toro was always good it's, it's such a shame that Hellboy's an incel in this movie uh, anyway um, <laughs> let's talk about the ending um, so remember kind of ends too many times yeah but then her soul is saved through I guess Pikachu tears uh, <laughs> oh my god, man! You want to talk about a little fat kid crying in a beer? I got two thumbs right here, buddy. Fat boy yes. tears. <laughs> I need my treats and my card. Treat boy with his new Mew card, just inconsolable at Ash being brought back by Pete. That shot of all those Pokemon, bro. <laughs> we need to take five. I'll be back. Uh, anyway, yeah. So. uh Liz gets brought back from hell and the entire time what I thought they were going to do and I kept thinking about this is a good idea I might steal this idea from myself I guess is like you know how like you can sell your soul to the devil uh, and they'll bring you back to life that's one of the things they actually did in uh, Fredden's Dock that uh, 1943 Danish movie that I watched about a witch hunt um, oh yeah, yeah that yeah, one the black and white uh, <laughs> oh yeah how out of character for you. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, anyways, I was like, I, I was kind of hoping he'd be like, yeah, I brought you back to life you know, in exchange for ownership of your soul. But don't worry, I'm not <laughs> going to do much with it, babe. You know, something like that. Uh, nice in the movie on him owning this woman. <laughs> yeah, like Jay Feely owns his daughter. Ah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> The internet's great. Yep, so uh, that's the first movie. Just a reminder that Del Toro is always good because the monst- the movie ends in a happy ending with the giant monster getting the girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Del Toro has always been Del Toro, and I love him for it. Even back in 2004, 
the the semi-attractive white dude keeps hitting on her. She's like, nah, this monster though. He gets semi-attractive. No one would hook up with that FBI agent. Let me tell you something right now. He's doing fine. He's all, he's all right. He's doing better than us, I guess. But here's a question I have to pose for okay. you. Is this the best Lovecraftian movie? I think so. Uh, there are not a whole lot of good ones out there, are there? Correct. I never expected Hellboy to be that. Because I've, yeah, I've seen this before on cable, but I always forget, like, oh, this is literally just a comic movie with a fish man and a giant demon. But also Rasputin and Lovecraft, uh, Elder Gods? Well, yeah, I have to admit, speaking as the only one of us two who has ever read anything by H.P. Lovecraft, uh, I'd, I'd say this one is one of the very few Lovecraft movies out there, and uh, by default. Not a fan of his work. Big fan of his ideals. Uh, uh, yeah, he was extremely racist. And it's, it's Hey, all the great ones are. He's, it's so unfortunate that he's the most famous man from Rhode Island. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I would recommend not reading his work because actually there's a couple stuff out there that he's done there's like one story I think the first story I ever read by him was like really surprisingly good I was just like wow I, if I could get more of this this isn't even horror it's just like bizarre but then the next thing I read went on forever and it's it's one of the ones where you know what's going on you know what's going on and he refuses to just come out and say it like they're bringing people back from the dead I get it I knew that like first page you know Oh, that's and at some point I was like, oh, you know, I can't really tell he's a racist. Then he named his cat N-word man, uh, which <laughs> I I wish he saw how hard I gripped my chair when he paused. Yeah, I was I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. He named his cat. Uh oh. <laughs> Where's the emergency brake? <laughs> Just put the parking brake on this one. Send me through the windshield. He, uh, yeah, he was, he was kind of a jerk and he died alone and penniless. And I, I'm hesitant to say whether he deserved it. Uh, he was, a, he was a good writer and everyone knows it, but, uh, and very influential, I'm sure. But, uh, thanks for your monster stories. Go please don't yourself. say the N word around me. Howard Philip Lovecraft. <laughs> Why is he the most famous person from Rhode Island when I'm from the... Well, whatever. Because the only other one's Peter Griffin. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <sighs> so, anything Couldn't else Couldn't be here? Roger Williams. I feel like... <laughs> like, all, all the times I've seen this movie, my biggest takeaway is always like, that feels about 15 minutes too long. But anytime I sit down to watch it, there's... I don't want to cut anything. Like I would be so upset to lose the scene where they get to Russia and they need a guide, so he just brings oh, you that. Oh, gotta get that guy dead. in there. He's one of the best parts that of the movie. That is the most Evil Dead Two ass thing I've ever seen, and I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. By the way, it's the ending like actually somehow feels just... rushed. That when you think about it, with like uh, that one blonde woman and that one guy with the beard, I I was uh, having trouble keeping track of whom was whom. Yeah, they died. And like, all right, movie's over. It's like, actually, now I'm a giant squid. And then he goes and kills it. And then the movie. I will over. say this for for someone who has talked about how good the effects were in this. There were a couple CGI moments that were uh, uh, not what I'm looking for. You know, look, this is 2004, and it's not like they were giving him a ton of money. No excuse. So we move on to uh, <laughs> Hellboy fair. Two, the golden on Golden Pond. Uh, Parker, you're going to have to do a little bit of heavy lifting. I'm not going to lie. I uh, I dozed off for some of the third act here. So, God damn. Yeah, uh, this movie, uh, not the strongest villains I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, also, much of this movie... <laughs> okay, so you know how I said that uh, 
Hellboy 1 feels like a mid to late 90s movie done in 2004 but with better special effects and how that was a good thing. Hellboy 2 feels like a mid to late 90s comic book sequel done in 2008 with better effects. (laughs) That's not a compliment. Uh, (laughs) The whole romantic uh, bickering between him and Liz, I I thought I would enjoy that. Uh, Turns out I was gravely mistaken i think i like the idea that hellboy 2 exists more than i like the movie itself because cast your mind back hellboy was a modest success it did pretty well and but you know not enough for them to throw like hey here's 80 million dollars make another one that wasn't gonna Mm -hmm. happen but then pan's labyrinth came oh yeah and they're like holy shit what do you want to (laughs) do and he could have taken any project he's like no i fucking love hellboy (laughs) we're doing another hellboy but we'll never get a Hellboy 3. No, we won't. this did not make a ton of money. Do you know why this didn't make a ton of money? Uh, why? What happened? Oh, Dark Knight. Do you want to, do you want to know what Dark came Knight, out the right? next week? It must have been Dark Knight, right? <laughs> Literally the week after the Dark Knight came out. Ooh, that... That is rough. <laughs> yeah, that... Oh, what incredible time. I mean, 2008, like in May, we had Indiana Jones 4. We had Iron Man. In June, we had WALL-E. Then we had this, and then the next week, the Dark Knight made a gorillion dollars. I I will never forget so that entire release of uh, Dark Knight was the biggest fucking thing. Yeah, man. Uh, that's always had some bad luck up until recently. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> now, if Hellboy was his Lovecraftian thing, Hellboy Two is basically him going, you know what, guys, you should let me make one of those Hobbit movies. And now this movie just serves as a cruel reminder that we never ever got that movie, and it turned into the trilogy it is. Yeah, the trilogy I have still not sat through, and I'm terrified you will make me sit through. No, actually, if my dad was on the podcast, I guarantee he'd make you watch it. My dad defends the Hobbit movie trilogy. He's, (laughs) I'm tempting. You're tempting me. You're tempting me. Uh. I would absolutely sit through all three of those just to talk to your dad about them. <laughs> he doesn't know who Lindsay Ellis is. Uh. So, uh, Mr. Field, which one are the Jews? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> okay. No. no. That was a joke, but here we go. No, no it's, I think it's because we both really like the book. And I, I remember I watched the first movie of The Hobbit, and I was like, well, I don't know half of what's going on here, but there's some of it that's pretty good. I didn't. I didn't actively dislike it though. Uh, whereas I think a lot of people actively dislike uh, the trilogy. And I don't know. I just, What's your favorite part of the barrel scene? I don't remember the barrel scene. <laughs> but enough it about beauty. It was endless. So nice. Uh, yeah. Top. Hey, let's get back on a Hellboy. Heated too. Elven moment. <laughs> um. So for uh, Hellboy Two, the Golden Circle. We we find we follow Eggsy and Hellboy. <laughs> Don't do this. Elton John makes an appearance. Um, so uh, they decide to fighting. jettison uh, the FBI agent off into the sun because uh, they're like, do they even mention? They do. Him they do. They just like, uh, at one point, it was oh. when Liz and Hellboy are fighting, and they're like. And she's like, oh, you got rid of that one FBI agent. You sent him up to, like, some sort of northern... I think she sent him... He uh, he got him sent up to, like, the North Pole. He's like, eh, he said he likes the cold. <laughs> so, um, and I think the audience probably had a little bit of a golf clap there because I don't think anyone liked the FBI agent in the first movie. 
I will say this movie definitely feels like the studio is like, all right, well, you just want all these hostages for Pan's Labyrinth, so just uh, there's your there's your notebook with all your crazy little monsters. Just uh, do your thing. We trust you, Guillermo. You wouldn't dare stab us in the back, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't. You're just gonna do the same thing, right? Like you're not gonna make this some weird fairy tale about oryx and goblins and elves, right? Eh. Anyway, so it, as it turns out in this movie, there's a really specific rule that kind of governs the whole thing. It's that only a bright can wield a wand. So that God damn it. no, actually, I wrote this one down. I made the joke that the other movie begins with another prophecy thing, or just like blah blah blah. Who cares? Kill somebody. This movie. They have elves, and they have long blonde hair, and they're talking about, oh, the age with humans and elves and all this other stuff. I'm just like, wait a second, this is a lot more like Bright than the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely wrote down the dopest orc vlog parties, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. At, at some point they say something like, humans used to do this, or something like that. It was just like, did they interrupt? I was like, I was like, we've given the humans free reign to do this, and for what? Shopping malls? I was like... Are, are you really going to... Are you about to say this? Like, we could be having the finest elvish block parties. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that the conceit of this movie is... People fucking suck. And they will ruin everything. We had all this magic and whimsy. And these shit-ass men, as usual, ruined everything. So, what do you think... And you know what? They're right. So, what do you think is, uh, categorizes itself as an elvish love song? Is it by Anya or Bono? <laughs> How dare you? So, uh. <laughs> it's just Yoko Ono screeching while playing a sitar. <laughs> All I can think about is that Bill Burr one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, like, you, you You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> you, you don't get to play the bongos. You don't get to sit there and scream while I'm playing with Chuck Berry. If you ever do that again, I'm going to hit you so hard in the face, your eyes are going to look like mine. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> the whole sketch was so funny. <laughs> Do you ever just stop while you're watching a movie and just imagine Bill Burr watching a movie? <laughs> Can we get him on the podcast? <laughs> imagine look on Bill Burr's face when that elf started doing backflips? <laughs> and you know what? I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, it's this in Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking Ron Perlman, all freckles is going to come after you. <laughs> <laughs> And then Ron Perlman's fighting with his lady. <laughs> Can we get him to do our ad reads and just be like, hey, Charlie, oh to clean your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Charlie's butt wipes. But don't, don't. <laughs> He's too so the monster design for this world. Point. Again, uh, it was very much Dude, not You want to talk about a horror movie? <laughs> Those oh, fucking tooth fairies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so good thing I didn't see this in theaters, although this was like years and years after. I'd, I, I had recently had a conversation with a coworker again about how the original mummy scared the living bejesus out of me with those fucking scarabs. The, the tooth fairies in this movie, so much scarier, you know? Like, so much scarier. As soon as you tell me that they go right for your teeth... No one thinks oh about God. that. And then it shows them eating the tooth. I'd, I'm like, for speaking of someone here who has really bad teeth, like, already I'm not in a good mood. And then when it shows them all flying in that guy's face and going in his mouth, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And when they get inside his shirt, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know if I like Hellboy 2 as a whole as much as Hellboy 1, but there are scenes. 
that are real good. Like any scene that involves monsters. I, I would say that scene in particular is scarier than the uh, horror scene it in is. the first movie. So, I mean, I get why it's PG-13 because this had like an $80 million budget and that's the only way they were going to get mm-hmm. it back. But Jesus Christ, no child should see that. Yeah, that... That fucking like... The whole first, like, 15 minutes, there's all these different monsters. So he, like, throws that weird face hugger thing with an eye on it. Mm. No, thank you. Oh, yeah. Do not care yeah, for I, it. I, His giant fucking troll friend with the hand that extends. Mm-hmm. Man. That's a great oh, design. Yeah, it is a great design. And when they, he goes to, I'm just going to call it Monster World, uh, <laughs> and sees them all walking around there, he's like, this is great. No one's staring at me. I'm going to bring you down on a tape down here. <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, I kind of like it. I kind of like the say. It kind of reminded me of, like, uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie, you know? Yeah, that's what in I a, was thinking. In a better too. way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was good. Actually, the best thing about the... What's that thing's name? I, forgot oh, I don't remember. Uh, the bad guy. But you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, that thing with, uh, with the hand. That's a puppet. That's not CGI. Oh, for That's real? a giant puppet with an animatronic That's face. That's one of the most incredible that, things I've ever heard in my life. I lit up like a Christmas tree when I learned that. And just knowing that thing is real makes me so happy. And it looks so better than CGI, too. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Abe looks great. Abe looks fantastic. But again, <laughs> makeup's not up to snuff. Uh, who, wait. With the curious case of <laughs> Benjamin Button. I am so... <laughs> At least it got nominated, but uh, Brad Pitt is an old man not as good as the devil or the fish man or the greatest puppet with an animatronic face I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm fine. I'm incredibly not mad. Uh, it's it's a good thing. Uh, this <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Aren't you just fucking heated right now thinking about yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I'm not just saying this because I like comic book movies. I... Wait, uh, I don't actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I heard it. it yeah. I can't believe it. Isolating that no, clip. Jeez. <laughs> Perhaps the worst thing ever. I finally did it. Podcast over. <laughs> Just end credit music uh, right here. Oh. <laughs> the long con is over. See you never. <laughs> the long con. Our next movie here. Uh, man, I. Okay, look. <laughs> Wait a second. How dare you? <laughs> the longest con air. <laughs> anyway. Um. Which, by the way, great movie. Just letting you know. Um, Correct. You know, I, I, I do like the, not just the animatronics, but also the makeup and style and everything. You know, I kind of wish they'd go back to some of these animatronics. Because they look cool. I like the puppets and everything. I also like uh, that battle. The way that they dispatch that thing, where they cut his hand caught in that thing. It's a good thing they didn't show whatever that was to the kiddies at home. That would have been another R rating. Jesus Christ. Parker, what happens next? Sorry. At this point, I think I dozed off. I remember the um, elves were fighting with each other a lot about something. There was a lot of elves oh, Abe, fighting. Abe was, like... was uh, hitting on that princess girl. Princess no, girl. Did I just say those words back to back? Look. Look. I If you gave me a million dollars, I couldn't tell you. Was it Rilla? Arugula? Something? She, they did a good job of giving Liz things to do in this movie. They did not do that for the princess lady. The princess lady. She is there. <laughs> And the fish man likes her. That's which is it. good. I mean, you, you look at Abe, and he was he was a really popular character in the first movie, which, that goes to show you. He, if you go back and re-watch the first movie, he does not get a ton of screen time or a ton of lines. Uh, uh, he disappears, yeah. like, halfway yeah, into the movie. movie. You're wandering around, it's like, wait, they got, why do they have that that dead Russian guy? Where did Doug Jones go? Like, yeah, where's that guy? 
And nevertheless, he was a big, big success with the fans. They really liked him. This just shows how well you can characterize someone who doesn't appear very often on screen. It's just if you give him a strong enough or make him memorable enough, people are going to be like, yeah, that guy. And so I think fans were clamoring to bring him back for the second movie, you know, and I I'm all for it. I mean, more David Hyde Pierce is, is great with me and Doug Jones. Hey, got to love him. Turns out Doug Jones is good at playing a fish yeah, guy. Well, we got to get more fish guy movies for him. Like, this movie has so many things, like, I just love the idea of giant troll glasses. <laughs> These giant, stupid spectacles that let you see people as trolls. Like, I love it. I love the entire steampunk robot Wait thing. Wait a second, a I just realized. This movie was released in 3D, wasn't it? It, it had to, been. I can tell. And then not just because, I'm pretty sure it came out oh, year before or year after uh, Avatar. I think it. I think it was a year. I, I don't remember. I think that was a wait. I think it's. Oh, year. it might have been the same year or something. But there. I could look, but that's too. There were at least work. two moments where I was like, "Oh, 3D." You know, it's like really obvious what they were doing. the The first one was Jeffrey Tambor puts on those bizarre glasses, and he looks straight at the audience, and it's just the. the they're kind of jutting forward a bit, and he looks silly. I'm just like, okay, I get it. 3D. And the other one is uh, that troll monster with the mechanical hand. When it shoots forward, it shoots at the screen like it's fucking Friday the 13th Part 3 over here. Man, I'd love to see this. Or dial M for murder for you, Alex. <laughs> I wish I saw this on a big screen because I am always here for Guillermo del Toro sets because they always have so much detail. And always I so would have been white knuckling my theater seats during the Tooth Fairies. I gotta tell you. Yeah, that would have been a real problem. Get that. Like, we didn't even mention. The giant steampunk robot thing. Oh, yeah, that thing. And uh, I think you told me before, you've never watched American Dad, right? I, I've, I've watched it a lot. Not, I've never sat down by myself and be like, ah, oh, well, you know, Thursday evening, got a pipe in my mouth, got a fez on my hat, I'm in my velvet bathrobe, let's put on American Dad. But every once in a while, I'll walk in and someone else is watching and I'll be like, okay, after this is over, let's change it to something else. And I'll be like, well, I laugh maybe once when watching it. When I put on Hellboy 2, I did not expect to hear Seth MacFarlane doing the fucking German fish voice. Because it's the exact same voice he uses in American. Oh, Dad. really? I was not expecting that oh, one. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like, even some of the jokes were Hellboy calls him Kraut, and he says, Kraus, two S's. And she goes, oh, S-S. Right. Oh. Any other movie wouldn't make that work. No other movie would make the physical comedy with the lockers hitting him which, in the face. While which, by the way, actually really funny. <laughs> it how me. It how so do they fun. do that with a slapstick? That's the thing is like, I kind of have like this, rep I'm developing this reputation. It's not at all intentional among my friends as sort of the intellectual of the group, maybe because I watch all these black and white movies and I use big words. But uh, you know what makes me laugh consistently is slapstick. Every once in a while, I get like Cartman in that episode of South Park where he sees a guy with a butt for a face and he can't laugh because he's like, that's it. God, I, I just saw the funniest thing in the world. They're like, yeah, it's funny. Why aren't you laughing? They're like, you don't understand. Nothing's ever going to be that funny again. It's all downhill from here. I'll never see anything that humorous ever again in my life. And I'll, I'll just feel like, oh, comedy is dead. I just, I, I mean, I, what could possibly be funnier than anything I've seen? And then I'll see someone like get hit and there'll be just the right sound effect and I'll laugh like an infant. <laughs> Physical comedy will always be funny. Jackass will always be one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> because once you go long enough and you forget how a lot of them end and you get to re-experience them again. I, I, like, 
Like you're talking about the perfect sound effect, the, the Jackass Three with the donkey kick. <laughs> the way he walks up, and it, <laughs> the timing in which it kicks him, and the loud pop it makes when it hits him right in the dick, is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, part of it when you talk about uh, slapstick working is it all goes back to the Three Stooges. They were the first ones to ever actually do slapstick correctly, and it all comes down to the sound effects when they hit Curly on the face. The slap that it makes. That's what we're talking about here, you know? And there are other examples uh, throughout history. There's a couple ones I saw last night that I got to talk about. There's an Eric Andre sketch where he's on a subway (laughs) and I didn't get the job with Fruit Loops. And he has this, this like, I guess it's like the, what, the cone of shame that dogs wear. And it's like connected to like a beer bog funnel or something. It's like, please drink for me. He pours a bunch of Fruit Loops in the funnel and a bunch of milk. It's like, I am your communion. Take this for me. (laughs) I didn't get the job with Fruit Loops, <laughs> like I consider that uh, not just shock comedy, but I also consider it uh, slapstick ish. Um, oh, there was another one I was going. Oh, here's one. Uh, since it, the sequel just came out, uh, in Super Troopers, everyone has their favorite scene from Super Troopers. But mine's a very small scene where they're in a restaurant and they throw a glass at this guy's face, and then they do it again. And it's you don't see who throws it; it just comes in from off screen, and it is the funniest thing. <laughs> if we could detour real quick i don't know we might cut this out but i cannot get over how hard i laugh every time i hear the shenanigans sketch from uh from super troopers oh you mean shenanigans (laughs) we had a guy on my wrestling team and he was pretty much exactly we we treated exactly the same way it's not just that it's just the way his face leads out of there with a mustache on it (laughs) it's not just it's not just that it's also like uh the indian guy's face right before he says his shenanigans are tragic and sad and the other one is like we're like oh what's the one he's like you mean shenanigans and he and the that one guy's face with the flat top and he just hands they just hand their pistol over to the guy's like oh and he hands up the gun That's so good. I'm not rewatch Super Troopers. <laughs> I have to admit, I, mean, I remember the first Man. time I watched it with my ex, and uh, we didn't. We laughed maybe like three times during the entire movie. We just weren't into it, and then we realized, oh, that was Jim Gaffigan in there. So we watched some Jim Gaffigan stand up and laughed harder at that for the hot pocket sling. <laughs> like oh, I said, man. I'm an intellectual. That's a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> that, was some, that was some great moments. Oh, that guy. I wouldn't worry about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Like physical comedy, like fucking hot rod. The scene where he just falls down the hill for like forty five seconds. Shit. <laughs> a prolonged pratfall or a big build up and someone crashing into something is always even funny. something as simple as like SpongeBob. It's uh, I don't remember what I don't remember what it was. It was I think it was the Employee of the Month one or something like that, where the the, the crappy pappy just kept going in the fan and making like this fart noise before it went over him. It's the most perfectly timed thing. Again, slapstick is all about timing. You know, it's just, it's just a, that award is a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite Parks and Rec joke out of all seven seasons is when Andy's trying to hang up a picture and he sneezes so hard he, he fucking hits himself in the face with a hammer and falls over. Or when he, and they realize they don't have insurance and he goes running out and just runs into the ambulance. 
Like that shit's always. I haven't watched almost any Parks and Rec. Uh, I have to admit, it's I think the only joke I actually like was uh, I, I checked online. It says here your symptoms are network connectivity problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Office where you gotta you gotta power through those first six. Episodes. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna. But it's worth it. Seasons two, three, and four pretty soon here. <laughs> I've watched so much Office. God, I love The Office. I've Every single time I see so Moe's run. So, uh, back on track here. Uh, Hellboy 2. You must wrestle my cousin Moe. <laughs> you must feast your fear. And now I will plant my seed in you. <laughs> it's, uh, I think my favorite part is just Ryan's reaction. is just, what? <laughs> the one line we always quote is in the Golden Ticket episode. <laughs> Where Michael realizes they all went on the same truck and Watson, hey, hey, idiot, start over. <laughs> I use that on a daily basis. Okay, so all right, back tell to me the movie. about the, I don't know where tell we me were. about the third act of Hellboy Two, uh, the Golden Circle. Um, I'm going to keep calling it that. Yeah, good. Just bring up that movie. <laughs> Wednesday. Well, Wednesday. Oh, isn't it called Saturday Nights? All right for fun. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Look, it's a comic book movie. It's the third act. There's a big fight scene. Are there special effects? Buddy, there's a lot of special Mm -hmm. effects. Because the Golden Army awakens. There's a big CGI battle. And the good guys win. Oh, that's surprising. I hope that helps you. (laughs) It's actually... I really enjoy the way the elf man, whose name I'll never remember, in Hellboy fight because... As I learned afterwards, you know, it does a lot of flips and jumping around. That's not wires. There's just trampolines and all those gears. So he's just bouncing around with the sword. And I'm into that. Yeah, you know, I I could see something like that. I mean, I have to admit, that elf guy, the antagonist throughout much of the movie, when he's introduced and he's just flipping around with this stupid little sword that turns into a staff or whatever, I was like, I've had enough of that guy. I remember watching thinking like, oh yeah, he did do Blade 2 before this. That... That checks out. This is a very Blade 2 character. Speaking of Ron Perlman. Uh, Ron Perlman is an evil vampire. Yeah, uh, he was was he in Drive? Was it? Wait a second. So. It'd Drive be better if he was Ron though. Ron Perlman. Da, 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 da. Ah, Ron Perlman was in Drive. He didn't do much, but uh yeah, I remember him Man. in there. Oh fuck, I think and I haven't seen that since Yeah, videos. that's another one where uh, someone said I look like Ron Perlman. I just cut them out of my life. I don't need that kind of negativity. Um, <laughs> like Beauty and the Beast, Ron Perlman? <laughs> whenever someone says he was in Beauty and the Beast, I was like, which character did he voice? They're like, no, no, it was a TV show. I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, but he, like he's that. done a lot of voice that's... acting work. He did Slade in Teen Titans. Let me start again here. Slade! <laughs> look, when you got that voice, you just cash it. You show up in your pajamas... You can cash those checks all day long. That's a good gig. Well, that's that's true. You know, it's it's good, steady, consistent work. It's hard to build a career off it, but uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a thing right there. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, he doesn't sound the way that he looks in Teen Titans. No, no, it is not. That voice does not uh, I'm definitely going to use that clip from Zero Punctuation at the beginning where he's talking about that Turok game. He was like, there's one guy who it sounds like he had a full frontal lobotomy. And I was like, out of curiosity, I looked up whoever this B-movie actor was that they decided to get for this game, and it turned out to be none other than Ron fuck-mothering Perlman. It was like, <laughs> I was like, 
Are you kidding me? Ron Perlman delivering a line like this? If he doesn't care, why should I care? Did you, I mean, come on. If, if Like, how could you possibly care more than Ron Perlman? Did you ever move me to tears in City of Lost Children? I've never seen that, by the way. So uh, at one point, I'm going to have to now because I need more Ron Perlman in my life after watching these two movies because he is the best part. Yeah, from what I've heard, because they did a couple of those Hellboy animated movies, and he does the voice for them, and from what I've heard, very equally uninterested in being there. <laughs> Well, you know, I I like I like Ron Perlman a lot. I think uh, you know you know his backstory. He was apparently he was very overweight as a child and was uh, bullied a lot. Same. And uh, same. He uh, decided to make up for it. He he often portrays these uh, physically deformed uh, people or creatures that have a lot of heart and dignity and stuff. And uh, I I like that. You know, it's 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 a really really good performance. I wonder how Del Toro found him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd been oh, doing oh, voice oh, stuff he was before. in Blade too. But like, how did did he try out for Blade? 2? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how these beautiful souls met each other. Because he shows up in almost all of his movies, all the ones in America, at least. <laughs> uh, well, man, him showing up in Pacific Rim wearing what he's wearing. That's, yeah. <laughs> can you just can you Google Ron Perlman? I'm gonna have to do that right actually. now. Uh, I need you to experience Ron Perlman. what he's doing in that movie. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. my God! He looks like Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Isn't it the best? I need those glasses yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Like you can look at him and tell exactly what his performance is. Yep, that's it's wonderful. <laughs> God bless. He is our greatest treasure and we must protect him at all costs. yeah <laughs> oh boy I, I, I do like Ron Perlman and again it's part of the performance although I have to admit you know final thoughts here on uh, Hellboy 2 is it's a lot goofier I think than the first movie again they, they it doesn't seem to take itself as seriously even though like the monsters I would even argue a little bit darker were those fucking tooth fairies but like all the relationship drama at the beginning which they're trying to make jokes out of I think she's still mad at me it's like come on like what are you doing here and then it it gets like even worse when they're both drunk or whatever i was like what what is this what am i watching you can't get drunk off bud light look at all the pancakes you ate in the first movie dude i love that this movie has a scene where hellboy and abe just sit around drink and sing along to popular love songs (laughs) like that is the most del toro thing to just give these two hideous monsters this most human thing where they're both really, really lovesick, so they just drink together and sing love oh, songs. Oh, you gotta listen to Al Green, though. Oh, man. After after seeing this movie, I understand why so many people wanted Hellboy 3. <laughs> but I think even if they're like, alright, here's $300 million, make it, I I think he's I have on. to say I disagree. I uh, I look at this movie and I say, really? You want a third one of these? Like, I don't, I don't know where they go from this. I don't know what the tone of the next movie is going to be because the tone of this movie is kind of what turned me off of it. It just, I don't know, I feel like maybe it could have taken itself a little bit serious, you know? And Whereas it's it's a complete tonal opposite of, like, Dark Knight, you know? So, I, I don't know. Man, watching these back-to-back must have been some real whiplash. Yeah, kind of. I spaced them out over a couple yeah, I probably should have done that. I, I've, I've been so busy. I finally beat Bioshock Infinite for the last word. Guess what? That game's still excellent. <laughs> I've been so busy. I was playing video games. Well, you know, once I don't want to just like leave it, you know. I, I like to complete Fair. things once I start them. Well, it must be yeah. nice. It's not easy. <laughs> I don't appreciate that jab at me. That's fine. 
except for some of the postings I'm going to put on uh, terribleblog.net, which I will get around to eventually. Patience is a virtue. Yeah, me too. Uh, Don't worry. No, for... Got one in the pipeline, guys. No, for real. Um, no, but seriously. No, but guys, seriously. Uh, subscribe. <laughs> so next week we're obviously doing Avengers 2, uh, or with 3, 4... Okay. Two, I don't know. You know good and well yeah, what it is. Yeah. Uh, Damn, I really should have listened when you were talking about those other movies, and I'm going to have to revisit them. Good news, you get to <laughs> Oh, this is going to hurt. I'm probably going to cut out all my smart-ass remarks. <laughs> yeah, we'll fine. see. Uh, it's just me rambling about nonsense no one could I'm just letting you know, gird your loins right now, because if the Bruins or Celtics win either one of their series, you're watching one of the movies of my choice. I just can't wait for this decade-long build that... To finally be fulfilled, and you just go like, I don't know, I thought it was pretty dumb, and I just sit here slowly simmering and getting angry. I'm not gonna make you watch a 1920s movie. Yeah. <laughs>